Last week on the podcast, we turned 30. We turned 30, that baby. That was exciting. Now we're 31. Which is not too exciting. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. Yep, back and better than ever. Better than ever, ladies and gentlemen. I hope so. Um, your car is in the shop. My car is in the shop. You my- picked me up this morning from the shop. Uh huh. I did. I just got my car back from the shop yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And happy to get it back. Everything's working awesome. It's so nice to have your car fixed. You know that feeling? Oh, yeah. Where you're like, when the problem starts, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, and you live with it for a few, whatever. I don't know. Sometimes you can live with it for a long time, right? Uh-huh. Other times you're like, I just can't take the, these grinding brakes anymore. Like, you just, it's been weeks. So I just can't take the noise. I'm going to take it in. You finally get it back. You're like, yeah. Woo. We're Living on the top like, of the world, Yeah, man. it feels good. You're like, that's awesome. And then, I, I mean, I told you, I got the car back yesterday. Take the family to church, driving home from church, and a huge buck. This is a this is a strange. Uh, just hits the side of the car, <laughs> runs right into the side, and it was a weird kind of situation too because it ran beside us on the shoulder of the road for a few. Huh? And Jen's like, "Oh my gosh, there's a deer!" And I look over, and it's like running beside our car, and we're going, I don't know, maybe like thirty miles per hour or faster. Yeah, you know, it's just running beside us. And then all of a sudden, it, it of course turns into us. Yeah, bam, you know, and <laughs> it's dark outside. Right, and the kids like, "What was that?" And Jen's like, "A deer just hit our car," you know. And I'm <laughs> disappointed. She's disappointed. So now we've got a demolished side of the vehicle. Yeah, from a buck, and uh, you know, I hopped on the phone this morning. With my insurance. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Oh, yeah. You want to hear that story? <laughs> Dude, working with insurance companies is always a nightmare. This, If this isn't my experience every single time I call insurance or try to make some sort of like, you got to make a doctor's appointment or like, I don't know, you just cop on the phone with some company. This is always my experience. This is it was my experience this morning on the phone with insurance. Yeah. I call got? I call my local agent. Right. He has an office in the city I live in. Yeah. That's He's, what you're supposed to do, right? I call him. But guess what? What? They have an automated voice message system now where you talk to a robot. Yep. Hate it. And it turns out I have to make a first of all, they're like, in a sentence, tell us why you're calling. And I was like, Hit a deer. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> right. And the voice responds back to me. Uh, it sounds like you either need to make a claim or have a tow truck. So I was like, make a claim. Make a claim. And yeah. so there, there you go, right? There's your first obstacle. Uh, make a claim. Then his response is, we are texting you a link to the website to make your claim. Oh, great. 
So I hang up with him. I get the text, right? So yeah. you're already like, no, I don't want this. I thought I was good. I don't want any of this. I, I wanted to talk to a real life human being. Want, yep. I'm getting a robot and I don't make a hit a deer, make a claim. Okay. Send me the, the website. I get the link, you know, from the text message. I click the link. I have to sign in. I, what? what I, 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 what's my username and password? I, When's the oh, last time I signed into my insurance? Oh, I hate that so much. You're like, I have absolutely no idea what my username and password is to make a claim for my insurance agency. I'm starting to get hot. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is becoming something. This is now becoming something. So guess what? I magically find my username and password in the phone's like keychain, like saved password, security keychain password, yeah, yeah, yeah. part of your general settings. Oh yeah, thing praise under. the Lord for that setting. I have to use that all the time. I find it in there, and I'm like, good. But you got to dig, and you got to sweat, oh, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, stressed. Yeah. And you find, okay, so I log in, and okay, I start making the claim. Then I get to the part where it, and then I'm not joking. You, I'm five steps into a 15 step process, and guess what happens to the website? Does it crash? We've recur- we a problem has occurred. Please call this number. Oh, no. Yep. Was it the same number you just called? Yes. No. Yes. So I call the number <laughs> and I <laughs> and I get the robot again. And it says, here's the link to the website. And it <laughs> says, here's a link to make your claim. So now I'm in a circle of death. <laughs> I am in a, I am hot. I am hot. <laughs> so I, I forget this. I'm calling back my local agent. I'm going to demand a human. Yeah. So I, I Hang up that call because it's not going to work. No. I call back my local agent. Finally, somebody picks up there and I have to explain to her, your website's broken. Yeah. And she's like, okay, so let me try to help you out. She's like, "Uh, I'll call you back. Okay. Hang up with her. Six minutes later, she calls me back. She starts walking me through the claim and she says, yeah, our website crashed. There was a storm somewhere, somewhere. There's a storm. Obviously not here. No, there was no storm here. But. I don't know where the storm was at, but it, she says everybody's making a claim and the website's crashed. Okay. So now I walk through that whole pro- – then that – yeah, that's that's your <laughs> – that's not – every single person's story with anything in life, I don't know what – Oh, I'm hot uh, though. I'm hot, baby. Man, that is one of the, the things. It just absolutely drives me crazy yes. is like the customer service of let just get me to a real person who can help me make this claim or make the appointment or like – it's so much easier if I can talk to a real person who understands me. Because, like, sometimes those robots are like, all right, in one sentence, right? Like, yes. tell me why you're calling. Tell me why you're calling in one sentence. And you're like, like I, 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 I hit a deer. Like, is like, that, that going to get me to the right place? Right. What, what do I say if it's a real person? You can be like, all right, listen, I hit a deer. I, I need to talk to somebody to, to make a claim, like, yeah. to figure out, can I get this fixed? Is it covered under my insurance? Or But... It'd be so much easier if you could just talk to a person. I used to call and talk to somebody right away years ago. Right, yeah. right away. This was when we first signed up for insurance. I mean, like, we're talking like this is like our second year of marriage. We're buying a house. Um, we're searching for insurance because we're going from renting an apartment to owning a home. So now yeah. you need homeowner's insurance. Oh, yeah. It's a whole other thing. And so, oh, yeah. We just walked through all that. Yeah, you're, you're getting insurance. You're, you're, I'm, I'm going to bundle my insurance. So you're like, because it's cheaper to have oh, your yeah. house and your cars all on the same insurance. And so, oh, yeah. Go. And when all that was happening, every single time I called them, it was like somebody would answer the phone and be like, hi, Mr. Forstoff. I'm, this is Brian. Nice to talk to you. And I developed <laughs> a wonderful relationship with a man named Brian. Yeah. And Brian gave me his personal cell phone and said, anytime you need to do anything with your insurance, I am your man. And I have his phone, his number, and my phone still. But not when I call Brian. 
I get a robot and I get a machine and I don't know where Brian's at. He is nowhere to be found. I haven't talked to Brian for uh, in, in years. Uh, we uh, When we first got married, we had to switch over some of our insurance stuff. And I think it was health insurance. Uh, and we were getting like Dana onto my health insurance plan, uh, making that, that switch. And it's it, a nice little raise she gets knowing that she doesn't have to take <coughs> the insurance, right? <coughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. not nice. I and, like that. And so she, she, we, we were working through that, and we we're trying to do everything online. And I'm just getting so frustrated. I'm like, because because <laughs> the pro- online process is never simple either. There's a million verification codes, and it's like I don't even know half this information. Like, and the the links don't work. Or like, I'm like, I just need to talk to a person. Yeah. If, and if I if you're trying to log into a website and all of a sudden it's like we need a two factor identification code sent to you, you're like, I. <laughs> I, I don't want any part of this experience right now. I hate this two-factor authentication thing. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go mad, man. I'm going crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a scene in uh, I don't know if you ever seen Parks and Rec, but there's a scene in a whole episode in Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson is decides he's gonna get off the grid. Yes, entirely. Oh, and he because he gets so fed up with his computer, and he picks up his whole computer. Walks over to the dumpster and just chucks it right in the dumpster mm-hmm. and walks away just so satisfied. That's how I feel. So satisfied. Every time I try to log into a website oh like gosh. that. Yeah. Oh, there. Oh. <sighs> All right. Let's get into the meat of our podcast today, Pastor All right, well, Aaron. Let's move off of that. We're going to get into something Come good. Come on, people. Here we go. Let's title go. of the podcast today is We Are Master Deceivers. Master Deceivers. And um, what we want to do is... I'm going to have Pastor Aaron start this by reading a verse out of the Bible from probably a book of the Bible that you're thinking to yourself, wow, that's random. Yeah. Ezekiel 28, verse 16. I'm going to have Pastor Aaron read that verse, and then we're going to, we're going to unfold this thing today in the podcast. Yeah, all right, here it is, Ezekiel 28, 16, and it says, uh, through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. Is that all it says? It goes on a little bit. You want me to keep reading the rest of it? Sure. All right. And it says, so I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Okay. So that verse is about Lucifer. Yeah. That that verse is about Lucifer. Okay. A few things happening in this verse. It says... Read the read the first part, first sentence again, or the first little section again. The yeah, it says, through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird verse. What's Ezekiel talking about here? I mean, he's talking about Lucifer. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lucifer was an angel. Yep. And apparently, he was like a cherub yeah. kind of t- type angel um, and went around trading. Trading stuff. <laughs> Through your widespread trade, you were yeah. filled with violence. So I don't think he was trading gold and silver. He was not <laughs> trading like practical material goods for cash or fruit, you know, or crops. Like he wasn't yeah, walking yeah, yeah. up to Cain and Abel and be like, hey, I've got a wheelbarrow. What can you trade me? <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what. He, so what? what is Lucifer trading here? Well, he is trading or he is what's another word he's he's trafficking yeah he's trafficking the secrets character traits of god to mm-hmm. human beings in exchange 
to deceive them and to harm them. Yeah. And to somehow hurt God. That's yeah. what he's trafficking. That's what he's trading. See, he did this with Eve when he was when he was in that tree and he yeah. told Eve, "You're not going to die if you eat this fruit." Right. No, no, no. God is worried that you're going to have full knowledge like he will have. Well, parts of that are true. Yeah. But also that's master deception. See, see, he knows the hidden things of God because he is there. Yeah. He's beside the throne of God. He's right there. He talks with God. He knows the character traits of God that are not supposed to be uttered or talked about. Yeah. And he's using those things and trafficking those knowledges and those wisdoms of God to deceive humans. And he did the exact same thing with one third of the angels. He deceived yeah. one third of, he tricked one third of the angels yeah. into believing that they can follow him instead of God. Yep. And he used, how did he do that? He deceived them by using God's character against them and against God. Yeah, I mean, here's exactly what it says in Genesis chapter three, verse three, uh, when he, or sorry, verse four, when he's talking to Eve, and the, just listen to the deception in this statement. And, and I think this is good for us to read this. Uh, this is the the serpent talking to Eve. It says, "You will not certainly die," the serpent said to the woman, "for God knows that when you eat of it or eat of the fruit from it, your eyes will be opened." And you will be like God, mm. knowing good from evil. Mm-hmm. So there are, there's truth in there, right? Because He knows the truth. He knows it. Their their eyes were opened when they ate that fruit. But also, He has masterfully deceived them. Yeah. Because they did die, but it was a spiritual death. Yeah. And, and then, of course, once their spiritual death happened, they ha- they were going to die physically. I said, and then it opened the door for a physical death as well, because they were never supposed, they were not created to die. That's right. <laughs> so Satan, Lucifer, used God's character against Adam and Eve and against God. Now yep. God has to figure out something else. You yeah. see, he he used God's character against them. How is that? Because God only creates; He doesn't kill. He doesn't end things. He yep. only creates things. What And what he creates will go on forever. Yep. And so because of that, he used it against God. Now, now that he's deceived Adam and Eve and they've sinned, what's God going to do now? Right, because he can't kill. Because he can't kill Adam and Eve. So Satan probably thought, he's like, ha, got him. Got him. And what do you mean he can't kill Adam and Eve? They died. No, they are physically, <laughs> their spiritual bodies still alive today. They're eternal. Yeah. Just, just like just, just like the, you and I, yeah, our, our eternal beings. Like yes, our physical body will die. So the the plan was is still in place. We're eternal beings. Yeah. Once we're created, we don't end. That's right. That's because God. That's the way God created it. Yeah. So He's using that character trait of God against God, and in so doing, He has deceived Adam and Eve, and ruined Adam and Eve, and ruined mankind. Yep. You see, that's how Satan works. Yeah. And Humans do this all the time, Pastor Aaron. Oh, yeah. We we use God's character against him and against others yep. to hurt ourselves and to hurt others. Yeah. It's still happening today. It still happens today. And I think that 
sometimes we as <clears throat> especially as as Christians in America, maybe Pastor Luke, we can become I'm not sure what the word is, but maybe we we, we come a little dull to to Satan's tactics. Because I don't know, it's, it's like Satan is not something that's talked about a lot in church. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of ignore him. Um, I don't really know what the term I'm looking, but maybe we, I guess this is probably it. We don't consider him that big of a threat. It's true. And, and, and honestly, look at your life. When's the last time you thought, man, <clears throat> I really got to fight against Satan here? Yeah. It probably has been a little while. Yeah. But Satan is a real threat, and and what I why I think this is such an important topic for us to talk about, Pastor Luke. Why is Ezekiel twenty eight sixteen something that we need to talk about? Yeah, it's because Satan still does this today. Yeah, and people do <laughs> and, this and today. people do this today. Yep, because uh, Jesus, when he was talking, I believe it's in John eight, when Jesus was talking to the Jews, he said, "Your father is Satan." And he's the father of lies. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, nah, our father's Abraham. Yeah. And God said that God could make descendants of Abraham out of these rocks. Hmm. But it's, it's not about who your actual physical descent, uh, ancestors were. He's talking about who, who, who's your heart devoted to. Yeah. And the Bible also says that Satan is the prince of this world. He has power here. And we're going to get, I want to get into that here at the very end too, about why Jesus says your father is Satan and he'll prove it. Yeah, too, because Satan uses God's character traits against him. Yeah, and uses God's character traits against others. Yep, to get what they want. Oh yeah. Okay. So there are certain things about God and about heaven that are not supposed to be uttered here on earth. Yep. And how do I know that? Because when John sees things in heaven, yep, and he writes about it in the Book of Revelation, he says, "And there are things that I saw." that I'm not allowed to say what they yep. were. Yep. And that's because if John were to say it, people would use it against God. They would yep. say, oh, I got something I could sell you for $19.99, right? <laughs> yeah. They're going to somehow figure out a way to use God's character traits to make some sort of selfish gain Yep. or, or manipulate others with it. Yeah. Uh, Paul, same thing. Yeah, I said Paul said the same thing. There was things that I saw, I saw that I'm not allowed to utter. Yep. The same reason, because God doesn't want us to know all these things. We're not supposed to know these things while we're human beings and while we're alive. Yeah. Just like Adam and Eve. We're not, they, why can't I, God didn't tell them why they can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because they told, didn't. He just told them not to. They didn't need to know. Yeah. And and God knew if they found out that they would probably eat it. Yep. Because I don't know, there's something in there. It's too, it's too much power. It's too much stuff. Same thing happened with Zechariah. Same thing happened with Isaiah. Same thing here with Ezekiel. That God, there was, they all said there was things that I saw yeah. that I can't say. And so well, there are things. But Satan began to go around telling people those things, trading them, yeah. and trafficking them. Yeah. That's what Satan went around doing. That's why he was cast out. So like I said, we go around, we do this. <clears throat> we do this. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I was thinking about just some some examples mm-hmm. for some people about times when cuz maybe you didn't even realize this is what what this is is this deception this uh using God's character against him but every time that people are like we'll see this this bad thing happened so God can't be good yeah there you go i mean and, that's a very simple yeah. very widely used there there's war god can't be good yeah this there there's famine there's you know my girlfriend broke up with me 
This yeah. this loved one died. Yeah. So God can't be good. God, uh, he, uh, and, and he he can't love me. He he can't love me. He can't be out of love. Look at what's happening. Yeah. The, and so how how is that using when somebody says that, Pastor Aaron, when they're like, look at the war, look at the Holocaust. He cannot yeah. he cannot be alive. He cannot be real. He cannot be God of love. Look at that. How is that using God's character traits against him? It's it's because God, they're, they're literally ta- 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 taunting and tempting God to do something about it. Yeah. But God's character is so merciful and forgiving and full of love. Yeah. And he's given us a free will that his character holds him back. <laughs> so they use that against God. Yeah. Like he's so loving. He's so kind. He's so compassionate. He's so forgiving. He's so merciful. And people use it against him. God, if you're real, strike me dead right now. Right. See, I'm not dead. Well, you're using God's love and mercy against him to deceive yourself and to deceive people around you. Do you got something in the Bible right there? So yeah. Looking at your at the Bible. Yeah, I was. It just made me think of. I, I got two verses I was thinking about. One is uh, in Psalms two, a great, great prophetic psalm. Um, the psalmist writes this: "This is why did the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against His anointing or His anointed, saying." Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs and the Lord scoffs. And uh, <clears throat> there's another place in Psalms where it's kind of the, a similar thing. And they're like, God doesn't see us. God doesn't care. If God yeah. was really real, he would strike us dead right now. And it's kind of the same vibe you get in Psalm 2. They're like, we're going to band together against his... God couldn't be real. If he was real, he would stop us right now. Yeah. And but then it says God is enthroned in heaven and he laughs and because he knows you have no real power. Yeah. Like there his mercy, like you said, his mercy is what allows us to continue to be alive right now. Yes. And then I was thinking about uh Romans one is another passage um where it says that we because mankind forsook God, chose to worship created things rather than the creator. And because of that, he gave us over to our own depraved mind. Hmm. And But people don't look at it that way and will say, God did not intervene here when a bad thing happened, so God cannot be good. Mm-hmm. But what God is saying is, I surrendered you over, I gave you all of the opportunities, mm-hmm. and you chose to follow your own selfish desires but I'm still like humanity's still here. Yeah, I'm still giving you a shot. Yep. As long as you have breath in your lungs, there is a shot for you to be in eternity with Him. Mm-hmm. But people choose to reject that part of the character of God. Another trait here too that I want to talk about that will will mankind will use as manipulation. Yeah. Another another way they do it is um, they 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 draw attention to themselves mm-hmm. rather than everything that they do draws people to Jesus. Yeah. So here is, this is a really lends itself out with spiritual abuse. Okay. A lot of spiritual leaders that are not good people. Yeah. They will use spiritual concepts uh-huh. and 
spiritual ideas to manipulate the church, their staff members, to serve them. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's how it works. You know, well, hey, if you really had a servant's heart, yep. you, wouldn't wow. be, you wouldn't be asking for a raise. You, you wouldn't be saying the things you're saying. You, yeah. you would be serving me more. If it, you know, I know I'm asking you to, to, to come in for all this extra hours, and I, and I can't pay you, but if you really love Jesus, you'd, you'd do it. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they understand that they can get away with this, that God's not going to do anything to them because God's merciful, loving, and kind. Right. And they can just get away with it as leaders. They can manipulate people. They can, oh, yeah. they can, they can look people right in the eye and lie to them. And they're, they're using God's character to get what they want, to get people to do stuff for them. Yeah. And that is a masterful deceiver. And when people do that, that's the heart of Satan. Yeah. Which is a scary thing. <laughs> Very scary thing. They're using God's mercies because he's long-suffering. Yeah. They're using God's wonderful mercies for an open window of an open opportunity to get as many people to serve them and help them and fulfill their vision as, as within the time frame and time window that they're allowed to, ser- to live on this earth. Yeah. See, you're using God's wonderful mercy against him to draw people unto yourself unto and to yourself. make you successful. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> there's a funny story too of a guy, he says that one time this day that it was the end of the year and the staff was going on getting raises. He was a pastor at the church. Yeah. And the pastor told him, you're not, you can't, we can't give you a raise this year, but you're going to get a spiritual raise. <laughs> and he's like, what's a spiritual raise? He's like, well, you're, we're just going to pray, pray over you and, and, and prophesy over you. And we're going to believe that God's going to increase your anointing this year. And he started to complain a little bit, and the pastor said, I don't like your heart. I think you got a bad heart. Wow. You see, that's, that's how it plays out. That's a, just a little example yeah. of what happens sometimes yeah. with, with some of these master manipulators that can be involved in spiritual work. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking uh, maybe a little bit practical for everybody who's listening that a lot of times it goes back to two things we talked about in the last couple of podcasts, Pastor Luke, that the kingdom, when, whenever the kingdom of self becomes more important to you than the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. you, are, you are having that heart of Satan mm-hmm. and using that to deceive people, to manipulate people, and to, to gain anything for yourself. And spiritual leaders do that. Mm-hmm. Like This is not just something that's out in the world. This is something that the heart of Satan can get into spiritual leaders. And so wherever you are, guard your heart against that. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing was, I can't remember what I was going to say. I it's had okay. two things. <laughs> I got a little story for you. You can think of your second thing. All right, go for it. All right. So there's this true story of a man. His name is Brian. He went out street witnessing. He was a new Christian. And uh, there was a group of boys hanging out, you know, like on the street. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's going up to them and starts witnessing to them. And one of the boys has a cast in his broken arm. And they were mocking Brian and his team members as they're being, for being Christians, and they are just being rude, using a lot of curse words. And the kid, one of the kid, the kids with a broken arm, says to Brian, he goes, "Hey, if my if if you could pray over my broken my broken blankety blanking arm, then uh, then I'll believe." Yeah. But he was cursing a lot, and uh, but Brian and his team said, "We'll pray for you." 
And so uh, they prayed for him a real simple prayer because the kids didn't have patience for a nice, like, long prayer, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then uh, he says that they finished praying for him, and the boys walked away, and the boy with the broken arm, as he walked away, flipped them off. Okay. It's pretty intense, isn't it? <laughs> that is intense. Well, they had church, they had youth group the next night, and guess who walked through the door without a cast on his arm? No way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The kid with the broken arm. Okay, so this story does – this kid with the broken arm ends up becoming a Christian. Yeah. But the kid with the broken arm just experienced the wonderful mercies of God. Yeah. This kid had no interest in God, cursing out the Christians, flicking them off as he walked away, mocking them. Yeah. God heals him. The kid could easily use that against God, or he can decide – to humbly serve God. Right. Because the kid could say, listen, this God, you can do whatever you want, and he, get, he, does, he does things for you. Right. Right? Yeah. Or you can say, God, I'm so sorry. Right. I cannot believe I treated you like that, and you're so loving and kind towards me still. Yeah. So where is your heart at? Yeah, it all comes to that heart, which kind of bleeds back into what I was going to say, I remembered, um, was that when you're talking about spiritual leaders, or if you're in any kind of leadership or have any kind of influence, if you're a parent, if you're any kind of a leader or a volunteer, um, if you just have influence in people's life, which probably every single person listening does, Mm -hmm. is make sure that you care about the people Mm. who you have influence over. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. If you remember a few a few podcasts ago, it might have been last podcast we were talking about, uh, like a lot of those social media influencers, those TikTok theologians, Mm -hmm. and they probably really don't care about you as an individual. Mm -hmm. They really don't care about your heart, and that I think is a not that every single person you see on social media doesn't care about you or doesn't care about your heart or has a bad heart, but what I'm saying is that I think when when you don't care so much about the people that you're influencing, that opens your heart up to that heart of Satan where you care more about yourself than other people. I want to end with this because you had mentioned earlier in the podcast about how Jesus said your, your father is Satan. Yeah. He looked at the Jews, yeah. you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yep. And I said I wanted to end with a podcast with that and, and yeah. to say, what is that? why would he say that? Right. Well, here's what they did. They used... Jesus's character traits against him to crucify him. Yeah. Why? Because he's Jesus is gentle. He's quiet. He's compassionate. He's obedient. And they use that to crucify him, knowing that they could send him to the cross and he would put up no fuss. Yeah. You see, they used yeah. it against him. Oh yeah. He he is all those things and instead of taking all those amazing characters of Jesus and serving him and falling in love with him, they saw those character traits. Yeah. And they said, this is a man that we can get rid of because we know he'll keep it quiet. Yeah. Ah, that's the that's why they were the that's the heart of Satan was inside them. Yeah. They were children of Satan. Yeah. You see. Yeah. And if you want to read more about that, it's, it's John 8, uh, towards the end of the chapter. You can, I just read the whole chapter of John 8 if you want to get into that. <clears throat> on the podcast? <laughs> no, no, on your own. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, read it on your own. We're out of time, actually. We're, we're running out of time. So, um, 
But yeah, I think that that's exactly that's exactly right. And I was just thinking one more thing, Pastor Luke, right before we let him go. Yeah. When Jesus was he would heal people on the Sabbath, and he asked the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those, those people who had the heart of sin, he asked them a question. He says, "What is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil?" And it says they got so mad at that question, they went out and plotted how to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> on the Sabbath. <laughs> on the Sabbath, which which doesn't make it any sense, but it shows that Jesus was so true and so right in calling them and saying that your father is Satan mm-hmm. because that was the heart that was inside of them, was all about where their heart was at. Yeah. Man. This has mm-hmm. been a powerful podcast. This has been a powerful podcast. Whew. It's been good to be with you, audience. See you guys next time. See you next time. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.